Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Matthew chapter 20. You brought your Bibles. Why don't you open up to the Gospel of Matthew? We'll be reading from Matthew chapter 20 this morning, but Jesus is telling a story. And uh, we're in the middle of a series, like Jill said, called Unboxed. And so if, you, if, you, if you're new, it's your first time at our church, uh, you can catch those two messages um, on the podcast or on YouTube as well, just to catch up. But this series has been amazing. I've been loving it personally because I don't know about you, but I, I just want to do away with religion. I want, to, I, want to, I want to get involved in relationship when it comes to my God. And so it's been a really great series. And so Jesus is telling a story here in Matthew chapter 20, and we're going to dive into it. Um, but su- suffice to say, whenever Jesus, you see in Scripture in the Gospels, whenever Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like, that should be like a beacon that goes off for us. It should be like a spotlight comes on and it's just like it arrests us because here is Jesus who is the king, talking about his kingdom. And we should pay attention. So we pick it up here in verse 1. Jesus is talking about some some laborers in a vineyard. Verse 1, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them, he said, you go into the vineyard too. And whatever is right, I will give you. So they went, going out again. About the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. Remember, this is a switch out from, from what's normal, what's custom. You would do it the other way around, but Jesus specifically says, do it the other way around. In verse 9, and when those hired about the 11th hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now, when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, and have borne, and us who have borne the burden of the day in the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? And he says these words, these famous words in verse 16. So the last will be first and the first will be last. Would you pray with me? Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the power of your word this morning. Lord, thank you that your word it opens up. It breathes life into us, Father. It guides us, it shapes us, it helps us, and it always shows us a way forward. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for everything you're doing in this series, Lord, helping us to get a better glimpse of you and our relationship with you. Lord, we pray for colonial kids right now. Lord, thank you that you're blessing them right now. You're building them up in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen. Amen. So this series, part one, we talked about prayer, unboxing prayer. 
And I love that because I love talking about prayer. Prayer is simply talking to God and prayer is powerful. But sometimes when it comes to prayers, we can find ourselves going back to some kind of old mindset. But today, sorry, last week we talked about worship and how worship is really amazing. It's not just music at the beginning of a church service, but worship is something we do with our lives. And I think it's incredible what, what Jill did last week, just sort of exposing some truths. And I just, that, that message was incredible. Uh, but today, we're going to unbox something that I believe is one of the most critical things to unbox, and that is grace. Because grace, since for so many people, even believers, is misunderstood. Well, there's just simply a lack of understanding. But this is critical to us, for us to understand. But I wonder how you see grace. I wonder how grace appears to you. Maybe you're a new believer. Maybe you've, you've gotten saved in our church recently, and you've never even really talked about grace, understood grace, thought about it. Maybe no one's talked to you about grace, but I wonder how you see grace. I wonder what grace means to you. So you want to do something at the beginning of each message, and we did it with, with prayer, and we did it with worship. We sort of asked the question, what is prayer? What is worship? And I want to do the same thing with grace. So if you're taking notes, I'd love it if you could write this down. But here's the, I believe, the best definition of this question, what is grace? And I'd love it if you could write, write it down. Grace is the unmerited favor of God in my life. It's the unmerited favor, the kindness of heaven, the goodness of God, his favor in my life. And I put in my life in there because I don't believe this is for a blanket group of people. And obviously you could say corporately, God did that through humanity. And yes, that is true if a believer believes, right? But it's God's unmerited favor for you and me personally. There's a difference. Grace is not reserved for the elite. And it's not something that we should look at and say grace is just for that person. No, grace is for us. Grace can be ours personally. When I accept Jesus as Lord, I receive the free gift of grace through faith from God. I love this definition I read in a commentary. I think it's pretty cool. It's a spontaneous gift from God. It's generous in nature. It's free, totally unexpected, and completely undeserved. I like to think of grace this way, and this is just how I think, but grace is like a kiss from heaven. Just a big kiss on the cheek from heaven. But Jesus is trying to show us something here. In this parable, you could look at this parable and say, well, that was about fairness and how you know, God is not necessarily fair with people. He's good and he's just. He absolutely is. But God, Jesus is also showing us something about the way he works. Because when he says the kingdom of heaven is like, it's, it's Jesus. He is the king. And as a, as a king, he has a kingdom. He has a domain. And what he's saying to his guys, just to bring it to contemporary language, he's saying to his guys, this is how I roll. This is the way I do things. And you you guys need to get on board because you're going to take this message a long way. You're going to go a long way with this message and I need you to understand the way I do things. This is grace. This is the way God does grace. And Jesus is defining it. He's illustrating it. But grace, if you think about it right here in this story, there are all these different groups from the early in the morning uh, right up to the 11th hour, just before dark, like some scholars believe these guys may have worked for about 30 minutes. Like, could you imagine? It'd be pretty sweet. But you think about all the groups, and then think about grace. Every single one of them was paid. No one was unpaid. 
Every single one of them encountered the master. Remember the master in this case, he's talking about himself, Jesus. Every single one of them encountered Jesus. And then every single one of the groups got to go to the vineyard. Grace. They all encountered it and they all offered the opportunity to have what Jesus was offering. See, grace is an offering that we receive. It's not something that we ever do and it's definitely not something we ever work for. I was, I was listening to a pastor one time tell a story. He was speaking to a theologian, sort of like a Bible teacher that was quite well regarded in one of the university sort of settings in our, in our country. And he was asking him, he said, what is grace to you? What do you think grace is? And this guy, again, well-established, well-regarded guy, he said, well, grace is a bit like this. It's like everybody's in their own boat. And this little boat is taken by the tide towards this place and that place that they're going is hell. That's, that's it. That's eternity away from God. That's where the boat is going. But grace comes along and grace is like a couple of oars that God gives you in the boat. And if you just row with those oars that God has given you and you just row in the opposite direction, you'll make your way to heaven. And he said, no, you know, I'm, I'm on my way to heaven, but you know, some people I know have stopped rowing. Can I just say that is the opposite of what grace is? <laughs> the complete opposite. There is no boat. There is no oars. There is no tide that you have to work again. Grace is just grace. That's what grace is. It's, it's an offering that we receive from God. But here's the truth, friends. We don't do a single thing for it. It's a gift from God. And it comes through faith in Jesus. And listen to me. This, if there's one thing I want you to hear just today, this is it. It comes from God and that's the end of it. There's no fine print. There's no, like, conditions. There's no, well... We'll see how you do. Here's grace and, you know, we're going to be keeping an eye on you. That's not grace. Grace is a gift and it's an offering. So I've got three points for you this morning, as always. And I've got to say, today I feel like I've got three cracking points this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, grace is undeserved. We should never arrive at a place where grace is something that we take for granted, but we all do it. Ephesians chapter 1, and in verse 7, it says this, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, look at these words, according to the riches of his grace. Nothing that we did. Nothing that we were involved in. But look at the language that's attributed to grace. It says redemption. Redemption through his blood, so we're redeemed. Forgiveness of our trespasses, so we're forgiven according to the riches of grace that comes through Jesus. It's completely undeserved. It's an undeserved favor from God. And I love that in the scriptures there's no hint, there's no even like, like tiny little possibility that we could ever get to a place or we were ever on a track where we're potentially going to be pre-qualified for grace. Ever. But grace is undeserved. Grace is something that God gives us. And Jesus says to his guys, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. This is how I work. This is what I'm about. This is how I roll. This is how I do grace. This is the way I issue it to people. This is what I do. But of course, we, our, our, the way we're, our human nature, and you just got to read 
the people of Israel's story, it's just again and again, we find an amazing way within our limited ways of ruining such a great thing. I mean, listen to the posture in verse 11 towards the master. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master. Other translations says they were offended, complained. They couldn't believe they'd been mistreated. Remember, they got the denarius. They had an agreement. They were paid in full what they were supposed to, but they grumbled. Now, they said this, these last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. So what do we do with grace? See, what we do is we put it in a box. See, we put it in a box. We say, yeah, grace, I guess so. Cool. It's right here. I'll come back to it if I need it. I'll come back to it. That's familiar. Yeah, it's right there. I'll come back to it. And what we do again and again is we try to apply our humanity to God's grace. We try to apply our understanding. We try to put, it's amazing we humans, we do this. We try to put a value on everything. We try to reason it. We try to figure it out. We try to, uh, you know, put some sort of like um, value scale on it. We reason with it. We try to ascribe a scale to everything that God gives us. But here's the truth this morning, friends, is God's grace is not limited by our ideas of fairness. And that's what Jesus is saying here in this story. His gifts are far beyond what we could ever deserve, far greater than we could even understand. Can I just say something? And I don't mean to offend you, but you don't understand grace. And nor do I. That's the beauty of it. That's the way God constructed it to be because he knew if we could figure it out, we would mess it up. (laughs) But somehow we still try to value it, scale it, weigh it. But it's immeasurable, it's invaluable. Listen to me, friends, grace is precious. So whether you're in the first crew or the last crew, no matter where you're at in the story, grace is precious. It reminds me of the elder brother in the prodigal son, that story. You know, here's this guy who's got everything in the kingdom, everything in the estate. He's got the love of the father. He's got a, a working, he's, he's fully fully paid, he's fully looked after, he's in the will, he's got generational trust, he's got generational covering, he's got the goodness of a father. And what does he do? He turns around in his humanity and says, well, how do I line up against that person? Against my brother who's done this, this and that. See, grace is just precious. But Jesus is exposing this beautiful thing. Because we find it, I think if we're honest, we would all agree, we find it sometimes to accept the large-heartedness of God towards those that we regard as undeserving. But here's the truth, no one deserves grace. We're all on the same playing field. But Jesus says this, he says, keep your focus on me, not what someone else gets or deserves. Have you ever noticed this, that the grace on your life is different from the grace on my life? You ever notice that someone who's just doing so great, they are so clearly graced for that thing. And it's on them, but it's not on me. I think about uh, Aaron and Liz Creasy in our Colonial Kids Ministry. They are graced for that. And you've got to have special grace for that. I think about Pastor Bob Appleby on our team and the way he just loves on people, the way he passes and looks after people in our church community. He is graced for that. And he's also Grace to teach about Genesis. But there's a grace that's on them. Just this week, I actually went down, hung out with some of our connect group leaders from Palm Coast, Flagler Beach. 
Those guys that were in the last service, I think, and was just hanging out, spent the day down there. And these guys are amazing. They're all in business in different industries, and you know they're they're just, or just all starting to you know have families and all that sort of stuff. But they're just so good at what they do in business and industry, and they're just experts, and they're just crushing it. And I just love it because God has put a grace on them to do that. He's put a grace on their lives to operate in that grace and do it. But here's the, here's the thing we've got to remember is we've got to remember who put it there. God did. He put that grace on them. And I pray we would always be the type of church that never gets envious of someone else's grace, that we never get envious of someone who's doing great, but instead we'd be the type of people that see God, uh, see people operating in their gifting, doing amazing, seeing promotion come, seeing breakthrough, seeing grace actually begin to infuse their life and be excited for them. Say, it's amazing. I love what God is doing in your life. It's so awesome. That's their grace and that's my grace. But God's given us grace. Number two, so if grace is undeserved, grace is also unreserved. Unreserved in nature. If something is unreserved, it means there's no reservations. It's complete. It's a complete work. It's not lacking. It comes at me with no reservations. It's not like God is just like, I'm not sure. It's not like God's looking at you and thinking about issuing grace to you and he's like, mm, maybe not. Oh, no, you're good, you're good. There's no reservations. God is in. He's all in when it comes to you. He's fully invested in your life. He wants the whole thing. And that's what grace does. It comes at us with no reservations. It's offered in full measure, doesn't hold back. That's good news today. That God has given us grace and he hasn't held back. He's allowed us to have the whole thing if we want it. I'd love it if you could write this down. Pray this might bless you this week in a quiet time or whatever, but I'd love it if this is, this is to do with your grace. But my grace enables my calling. My grace enables my calling. See, there's like a supply to grace. There's like this fluid dynamic to it. I love it. This, the scriptures describe, describe grace as like ever growing and full and, and, and overflowing in our lives. And there's just something about it. There's a flow to it. I love to think about it this way. Grace is dynamic. It's not static. It's a dynamic thing. That's why we can never put our grace in a box and put it away somewhere. Because God wants our grace to be dynamic and constantly um, moving through our lives. Not just meant to be for us. Here's the other thing about grace. Your grace specifically is not just meant for you. It's actually meant for someone else. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, in verse 8, listen to it. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you. That word abound has a sense of overflowing. It has a sense of you're being given something to a level, to, an, to, a, to, a, to a status where there's so much of it that it affects someone else. He says, All grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Your grace is not just for you. It's for someone else as well. It's for someone else as well. That's the great grace extension. I pray that this this would be a marker on our church, that we would be the type of church that's always ready to extend grace to people, always ready to extend it out to people along the way. 
Even if, if their understanding isn't, isn't lining up perfectly, if someone comes in and maybe they're bent out of shape or they've got some kind of history or some kind of thinking, I pray we would be the type of church, the type of believers, we just extend grace. Let grace take care of things. Let God, let the Holy Spirit move in someone's life. We just extend grace to them. Man, when I first showed up on the scene at church, oh my gosh, I had all kinds of problems. I was messed up. I was bent out of shape. I'd experienced severe loss in my own life. I was just a punk 18-year-old kid. I mean, you're looking at, obviously, now I'm great. Everything's, <laughs> everything's fine. Thanks for the feedback. But man, I just had, I didn't understand anything. I didn't understand how I was supposed to act in the room. I didn't understand how I was supposed to handle different moments. I didn't know what was going on. People probably knew I didn't know what was going on based on the language that was coming out of my mouth. But here's what I do know is week in, week out, people extended grace to me. People extended grace. Season in, season out. People took the approach, man, it's okay. He doesn't understand everything yet. Let's just keep loving him. Let's just keep encouraging him. All I remember is the encouragement. People would just be so excited that I came back to church. And I remember just thinking, what are you so excited about? It's not that big of a deal, but to them it was a big deal because they knew what was happening in my life. We need to be the type of people that extend grace to other people. Doesn't matter if they look the right way, talk the right way, um, do everything right. We are just supposed to extend grace. So grace is unreserved, but it's not just for me. It's also for the world around me. And number three, and this is where I want to land today. Number three, grace makes me grateful. Grace, if fully understood, if fully allowed to permeate my, my world, my existence, my, my, my spirit. It should just make me grateful. Fully unboxed, it should just overwhelm me. Here's a statement for you. I really think grace actually hits home when I realize just how much I don't deserve it. See, I think the Apostle Paul, he made it his life's work to get people to understand grace. To understand the magnitude of what grace is and how it has arrived on their doorstep. He knew the importance of it and he never shied away from trying to get people to understand. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when we were raised, when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. I mean, like, what does that even mean? We will never know this side of eternity what that actually means. All I know is it's unbelievable. And I should be grateful. And I should be excited. And when we hear it, we should get pumped up. Seated with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples, listen to this, of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness towards us as shown in all that He has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Listen to those words. Incredible wealth of His grace and kindness towards us. Someone needs to hear this this morning. But His grace is God being kind to you personally God wants to be kind to you 
through His grace. But this should make us grateful. The opposite of grateful is to be entitled. To get that sense of, I'm doing good. God, what are you doing for me? Where am I at in this situation? See, that's what happened with the the first group. See, they got to a place where they just they were, they were just not happy. They were just expecting a better deal. But there's no such thing as a better deal because grace is the best deal there is. But I wonder where you find yourself in this story. I don't know about you, but I mean, I'll go first. But, you know, when I first encountered Jesus and I was arrested by the grace of God, I was one of the 11th hour guys. The 11th hour guys are the ones that like scholars believe maybe work between 30 minutes and an hour and receive full pay. Got interacted with the master, went into the vineyard and they were in there with everyone else who was working, but got the whole deal. The 11th hour guys are like, this is amazing. I am like, I mean, it's like someone who goes backstage, you know, and they're just like, man, I don't even know how we ended up here. It's like, you know, Wayne's World when they end up backstage and they're just like, they're just like, they're looking at each other just like, this is amazing, guys. How did we end? I can't, this is unbelievable. We're here. We're in the middle of everything. Like we're a part of this deal. We just got invited in. It's like we just, I just, I don't understand. See, that's how we normally start. And then life kind of keeps going and, you know, we go to connect groups and, you know, we go through essentials and we, you know, we start serving and kind of find ourselves at this place. We start saying to God, like, God, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like right at 75% attendance right now, God. You know, I'm tithing pretty much on the regular, showing up a lot. You know, are you going to start doing something for me, God? Because, I mean, look at all I'm doing. Because I'm doing a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm crushing it right now. See, we find ourselves and then I, I think Jesus is trying to show us something here because we start off as the 11th hour guys that are just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, how did we end up here? It's just like the, the other groups are looking at them saying, man, well, you can't talk like that. You can't dress like that. You've got to be orderly in, in here. You can't be in this vineyard being like that. But the 11th hour guys are like, this is amazing. I'm pumped to be here. Just happy to be, you know, those people who are just like, I'm just so happy to be here, man. Like this is, I don't know how I ended up here. I don't know how this worked out, but <laughs> I'm stoked. That's exactly how we should be in the kingdom of God. Not entitled. Not waving our fist at God and saying, man, I haven't got my miracle yet that I asked for. Here's the truth. God knows exactly what you need. He also knows exactly what you want but He'll give you what you need because He's the only one that knows exactly what you need. And the starting point is this. He knows we need grace. So He gave us grace. So of all the groups, are you the just happy to be here type of guy or girl? I pray this would be the type of church we are. That we're just happy. Happy to be in the middle of all this. You know, I remember when I first got saved a few years in, some of the people I used to hang out with in my old life would say things to me like, man, you are so into this deal. 
Like you are so into this deal. You loving this stuff. What is the deal with you? And I just say, grace. Grace keeps me coming back. Grace is what sucks me in. Grace is what tethers me to heaven. Grace is what we need. But if we're not careful, this is what Jesus is saying. If we're not careful, we can allow life and routine and rules and religion take us to a place where we're like, oh, you know, what have I got to do? Wait a minute, do I have an agreement in place? What's my obligation? What do I have to do? You know that if we live our Christian lives with a have-to attitude, we will always fall short. We will always find ourselves feeling ripped off. We will always find ourselves feeling like we got a raw deal. We will always, we will always, always, always miss it. But if we keep our firm grip on grace, we will always be the type of people who are just like, what's God going to do today? Look at what He did yesterday. We showed up 30 minutes early. What's going to happen today? That's the 11th hour guy. He shows up. He's just like, man, God did that yesterday. Who knows what He could do today? That's how I want to live my life. Would you stand with me? I want to close with this. In Matthew chapter 9, this is what Jesus said. And I'm reading it from the message translation. This is what He said. Can we throw it up there on the screen? He said, Jesus, overhearing shot back. Jesus said, who needs a doctor? The healthy or the sick. Go figure out what this scripture means. I'm after mercy, not religion. I'm here to invite outsiders and not coddle insiders. Jesus didn't come to help people that thought they had it figured out. Feel like they ticked all the boxes and made it all. He came because he was looking for people standing in the street that were in the middle of the marketplace, had nothing to do in the middle of the day. He was looking for those people standing idle wondering what they were doing with their lives, wondering what their purpose was, asking the existential questions, asking, the man, what, what am I doing with my life? Jesus encounters them and His grace says, go into my vineyard. His grace says, go and, go and enter my kingdom. His grace says, come and be a part of what I'm doing. Go and be a part of the goodness of God. And I believe today Jesus wants to encounter you like that. Jesus wants to meet you face to face. He wants His grace to be so arresting for you that you can never be the same again. You can never be the same again. You can never live again like you used to live because you've encountered this thing called grace. It's changed everything about you and therefore you live different. Who's up for that this morning? Well, hey, we're going to worship in just a moment, but I'd love to pray for some people. If you could bow your heads and close your eyes. I specifically want to pray for two groups of people. This is a moment where... We allow this message to land and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Why don't right now you just ask the Holy Spirit, what is this message doing for me? Where is this landing in my heart? But I want to pray specifically for the area of grace, for this issue of grace in people's lives. Because sometimes in life, life can get a hold of us. Life can be be the type of thing where it, it, it tries to pull us back and away from that gratefulness and that gratitude. But I don't know where you've find yourself in this journey I know I have several times along the way where I've just lost sight of the goodness of grace I wonder if you would do some business with the the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords right now 
So I want to pray for you. If this is landing for you in any area, when it comes to grace, just lift your hand. I want to pray for you. No one's looking around. You might even be in here today and you've never even heard a message like this. You never understood grace like this. And today for you, you're meeting grace for the very first time. Awesome. And the other group of people I want to pray for this morning, for all of us, possibly, for people in our world that have never encountered grace, that are the people that never, never heard this message, never encountered this freedom, never understood the goodness of God, this free gift that comes with knowing Him. You've got someone in your world that you so desperately want them to encounter grace. Just lift your hand. I want to pray for you as well. Well, Lord, you see every single hand. Father, we love you so much, Lord, and we lift these people up to you, God. Father, you see hands raised, Lord. You see hearts that are open, Lord. We pray right now through the power of your Holy Spirit, God, that you would begin to to do work in people's lives. Father, we just pray for change to come, Lord, for people to to get an even greater understanding. Lord, I'm I'm praying right now, Lord, for for you to deposit a greater revelation in people's lives of grace. For them, no matter where they're at in the journey, no matter how long they've been serving you and knowing you and walking with you, Lord, that you would give us all a greater understanding of grace this morning, a greater understanding not just of our need of grace, but how much it transforms us and changes our lives. God, I just thank you right now for grace. Grace in Jesus' name. Grace in Jesus' name. And I want to pray right now for people that don't know this grace. Pay me someone that you've just got on your heart right now. I know we just raised, raised hands for that just before. I want to pray. Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, for people that, that have never encountered grace, Lord. Lost people in our world, God, that are just going about the motions, Lord. Maybe even trying to work into some sort of religious way of doing things and maybe thinking they're going to try to to, to work their way to heaven. God, I just pray right now, Lord, as we lift those people up to you, as you've put names and, and faces on our hearts right now, God, we lift them up to you. And through again, through the power of your Holy Spirit, God, we just pray that you would begin to do a work, Lord, in their lives. Father, we pray for you to put people in their lives, Lord, for their for you to do something with their path, Lord, for there to be a change, a shift, Lord, even in circumstances, Lord. Father, we just thank you that you'll use everything, God, to bring people back to yourself, God. We pray for miracles, Lord, miracle stories of people like those 11th hour guys that are standing in the highways, in the byways, not knowing anything about your grace would all of a sudden be encountering face-to-face your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.